This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to For the Shire, by the Shire. Each week, we speak to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth. Welcome back to another episode of For the Shire, By the Shire. And today I'm joined by Danny Alouche. She is the Head of Property Management at Pulse Property. So we're going to have a look at the other side of property. It's not just about buying and selling property. Uh, how do we lease a property? How do we find a tenant? And um, what should we be looking for in a property manager? Now, Danny actually oversees the entire rent role at Pulse Property. She has over 30 years experience and has been awarded the Captain's Club, which is the top 10% of property managers Australia-wide. Uh, her other uh, awards that she's won is one of the top business, top new business for the office. She's been the top team member of the year, and her most proudest achievement is she won the Culture Award, voted by her peers with an office of over 100 people, and uh, the feedback is that it was almost unanimous which is a great a great acknowledgement. So, Danny, thanks for coming along. Thanks for having me. Uh, just a short stroll down the road from you as well with Pulse Property uh, just up the road here at Miranda. Now, take me back to the start when you first got into property. How did you lead into, uh, into the property game? Well, while I was at school, um, I had a, a very ama- amazing careers advisor and, and she continued to tell me right throughout you know year 11 and 12 that I should get into real estate that um, she could just see me doing that and so once I finished my HSC I actually took her advice and I uh, went and did the real estate licensing course one year full-time at Dover Heights College and once completing that um, at the end of that actual year, I landed my first job as a receptionist in a property management department. Oh, she, she nailed that, didn't she? <laughs> uh, fantastic advice, yes. and it certainly worked out well. Is there anything about, uh, besides the advice from the careers advisor, is there anything that drew you to property? I have been fortunate enough growing up to, to live in some nice um, homes around the Sutherland Shire um, and the eastern suburbs, and I suppose I've always just had a love of, of property, you know, even going to a friend's house growing up, I was just keen to have a look at it. So I've just always had that love and, and interest in property, no matter what it is. <laughs> so initially when starting out in property, were you outside of the Sutherland Shire and at, at some point you've made your way in? My my first job as a receptionist on the front desk, as I said, was in the St George area. I was in that office for about a year um, and then I moved back actually to a, a Miranda office and I was there for a few years then down to a Sylvania Waters office and I was there for about five years. From that office I then went and joined um, an eastern suburbs brand, um, quite a big brand now, and um, that was in Edgecliff. And so I then started my my love for the eastern suburbs again. I did live there earlier in my life and moved to the Southern Show. Um, and so then I worked there for a few years, then I went down to a Double Bay office. So the experience that I gained from you know both of those offices were quite instrumental I suppose in in how I've been able to portray you know how I am at this stage of my life in in the career so I've been very fortunate to work in a few different markets St George area eastern suburbs and southern shire but the majority of the time that I have worked um, in property management or in real estate as such has been in the southern shire. 
So coming from the Sutherland Shire out to the eastern suburbs, then back into the Sutherland Shire, what are some differences you see between the two areas? Definitely the, the rents. Um, mm. The rents in the eastern suburbs are far above what the Sutherland Shire reaches. But look, I think the owners and, and the tenants that you deal with, they're clients. So I, I don't think that there's a lot of difference in in who you deal with or what you deal with because they're your clients. So whether you're dealing with a you know three or four thousand um, dollar a week property or whether you're dealing with a three hundred dollar a week property, they're your clients. So I never ever tried to make a difference of of who I was dealing with or what I was dealing with. Yeah, so both still people at the end of the day, just Absolutely. maybe one extra zero on the end of their uh, <laughs> of their rent. Yeah. Uh, so building up within the property, you've you've probably seen all sorts of market now, ups and downs, and um, experienced everything in between. I want to talk about somebody first of all looking for a property. So a tenant out there looking, what are some things they can do to help improve their their application and, and give themselves the best chance? I think preparation's the the, be, the key for um, a tenant who's applying for a property. If they can have um, their tenant ledger already supplied, all their documentation, and, and get that in as quickly as possible once viewing the property, I think that that definitely can you know ex, um, speed up the process of them. If we're waiting for documents and this they're very very keen and there's other tenants that have already applied and submitted absolutely everything that application is going to go to the owner prior to um, that person that, that that's we're waiting for the documents on and that application that we're waiting for it might actually be a better application but we don't know that until it's complete most agencies won't start um, checking and, and verifying all the references until everything is complete so I think that's just a really key point be be prepared be organized be ready to go so just that path of least resistance for the for the owner to to have a look over and I think it's probably somewhat uh, could initially show a sign of their character if they are organised and prepared. It, it, to me, in my head, I'm thinking, well, they're organised and prepared. They, they may more likely to potentially pay bills on time as well. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen a correlation between organised and unorganised and what that can translate to. Oh, yes. <laughs> so let's flip back over to somebody leasing out their property. If they're in a softer market, there is um, more competition for places being leased out and the vacancy rate's starting to creep out. What are some things that people can do to make sure that they give themselves the best chance of having their property leased? Again, it's another little old-fashioned um, rule or saying that I've got, but there's three Ps, price, presentation and promotion. And the promotion is what we call now the marketing or the advertising. That's got to be on point. If the photos aren't nice and light and showing the best angle of the property, you know, you're not actually even going to attract someone to come to the open to start with. If it's priced too high for the current market, um, it very well may be worth the dollars that the owner is asking for, but not in that current market. It again will sit vacant and you may not even attract the people there. It can sometimes also show prospective tenants that the owner might be a little bit unreasonable and things like that. And we don't want to portray any owners in that kind of light either. And the last thing is the presentation. If it's a vacant property, you know, you're not going to be able to present it with furniture, but present it in its best light, lights on. 
blinds open, you know, even some airflow. If the property has got furniture in it, declutter if you can. Um, we do ask tenants if we're reletting to do that kind of thing. For owners that are putting their property on the market for the first time for rent, that's something that we'll talk about to them um, just to, to, to get it ready. Make Having... it look easy, make it look like it's you can move straight in and, that's right. and there's no fuss around that one. Yep. Looking back on your time leasing properties, is there one that stands out? It's one that's really memorable for you? It could be the first property that I ever signed yeah. up. I was definitely a young spring chicken then, and um, I was in my early 20s, and the Simonas owned a home in Yowie Bay, and it was a lovely big waterfront home, and I had obviously grown up around there, but it was a different kettle of fish now actually running you know, a property management by myself from start to finish because I actually did the leasing role um, you know, combined with a property manager's role in that office and it went perfectly. Without a hitch, it actually instilled a lot of confidence in me for a few reasons, but, you know, that I had these people that were happy to entrust, you know, their million-dollar home with me, and it's probably worth a lot more now. Yes, I was say, that was <laughs> But around then, it may yeah. have actually been under a million, yeah. but anyway, well, yeah, and just to give me that, you know, to give me a go like that, they saw something in me which, you know, again, gave me the confidence, and I suppose it's um, been onwards and upwards from there. Fantastic. Yeah, it would have been a bit of an eyes-wide moment as you're trying to work your way through it, bluff your way through that first one. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. But, um, yeah, it was good. Now, property manager, there's a we always see it pop up in the media, and it's often not in the the best light. It's in a current affairs story or, yes. or or something along those lines. When you you're you're watching them as an industry expert, what are some common things that you're seeing, and what are ways we can avoid ending up on that show? Well, funny that you say that because I actually have been on a current affair as a property manager <laughs> yes. in my uh, mid twenties. Um, they came roaring through the door of the office that I worked in, and the hairdressers opposite thought I was I'd won lotto. But it was actually Jane Hansen with a big microphone and a, and a camera guy. We'd given a tenant notice um, because oh, there was quite a few breaches, but she went to Current Affair saying that she was being discriminated against because she was a single mother. So, you know, you've got when you put in that position, you know, you really are you're on the back foot because single mum with a little one being you know booted out, so to speak. Um, but it wasn't the case at all. So. From that experience even, I've learned that you need to be very mindful of the situations that people are in. It's not only dealing with um, the tenants and, and maybe breaches that they're doing, but you're also dealing with owners that live in the block that might not have the same view as a tenant as what they should. And it's also, I think, about just understanding the, the entire situation. Um, it's not to say that I didn't do the right thing all those years back in giving that breaches because she did need to receive those. But I think that there's, there's always a way to talk things through, I think, with people as well. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine in your role you're, you're, it's not just a, a transaction, right? You're taking on their life and their problems yeah. and their yeah. hardships are, are very much a part of your everyday. Very much. Um, yeah. Um, all right, so there's some tips. So, yeah, follow, keep following the rules, but I think a bit of understanding and empathy too can go a long way there. Now, there are people who just go it on their own. They skip the property management. They yes. say, look, I, I'll lease it myself. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest downfalls? Why, why don't we do it ourselves? Well, if it's just a matter of collecting rent, 
anyone can go and do that. And I think that that gets soon discovered that it's a lot more than just picking up the weekly rent and, you know, or getting it put into a bank account, that kind of thing. Actually, a scenario that's just happened is uh, just the commencement of COVID. My very first tenants that were heavily affected, two of them owned a gym each, and they both got shut down straight away. Um, they contacted me and said, look, you know, we, we have to move out. We don't know what's going to happen. It was a scary time for everyone in that time in March and um, they moved back home with their parents and the owner had a friend who wanted to move into the property. So the owner said to me, look, my friend's going to move in, I'm just going to look after this Danny until the lease expires and then I'll bring it back to you. And I said, okay, no worries. I ended up giving her a call a few weeks ago just to check in, just to see how things were going. Um, I also had a, a rate that had come through that she needed to pay on her property. And um, when I asked her how she was going, she goes, this is so hard. I've got the tenants phoning me with all of these repairs. I don't know who to send out for what. Um, she keeps asking me what my pay, her pay to date is. I don't know. How do you work these things out? Can you please manage it again for me? So I even asked her how it, had she done her first routine. She hadn't done that either. And she says, I, I need this managed. So there are a lot of things that, you know, components that make up managing a property. And yes, it's liaising between both parties. Um, you are the middleman. You know, you represent the owner, but you're there to, to help the tenant. And it's not just, you know, the agent is just there for the owner all the time. We're also there to provide um, recommendations for the owner for what their obligations are, you know, not only what their rights are. And it's the same for a tenant. There is the Department of Fair Trading that tenants need to go to for advice. But I think that a lot of property managers are looked at in the view that they're just 100% for the owner. And a lot of property managers are tenants. Mm. Yeah, I think it's sitting in the middle is far more unemotional. You can look logically from both sides and try and uh, come to an agreement on things rather than seeing from one side. I've heard a similar story with a friend who uh, leased a property out to a mate directly and uh, within six months he said, look, let's just go back through an agency. It's just cleaner that way. Everything's split up. They can give advice to you and advice to me and, and manage it that way. So, yeah, it's similar. I've, I've heard a, an analogy around uh, a dentist it doesn't you can pull your own teeth if you want to you just probably shouldn't so <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. yeah. It's not a bad analogy <laughs> now your industry as a whole if we were to give you control of property management uh let's say australia-wide for the day what's something that you would change i'd probably have to go legislative wise um and i would look at um, there might be a few tenants that don't like this, but I would look at a fair ago for owners in terms of rental arrears. Um, rental arrears is probably the biggest thorn in the side for property management, property management department, but property managers. Um, it's you're chasing people for money. So at the moment, that you know, a tenant is allowed to fall 14 days in arrears before another 14 days can be issued for termination. I probably need to be clear that I'm not referring to any COVID-19 situations that we're currently faced with. This is just under normal normal conditions of, of a, you know, a market and a tenancy. But And then from there, if the tenant doesn't move out and has no intention of paying any more of that rent, and, you know, look, there are reasons that are sad and that, you know, they're struggling financially, but there are a lot of situations where there are tenants that are just delinquent and what's good is around in the Southern Shire is we are pretty lucky around here. There aren't too many cases like that. There are obviously other areas around Sydney that I would think that 
a lot of their day is is around this kind of thing but if I had to look at Australia in a whole and, and, and help out here, I think that's what it would be. It would be allowing owners a quicker possession time for their property. I mean, it can sometimes take three to four months before a sheriff turns up and, and removes them and then they've got all of these costs afterwards. So I think that, I mean, with commercial properties, they don't pay the rent. The, you know, it's pretty much a lockout and that's probably what I would do. Head it, swing that scale a little yep. bit more back towards oh, the owner there. Yeah, look, yep. um, and and that makes sense to me. I think the the landlord is painted as this fat cat with mm. a multi million dollar portfolio, yeah. and as you'd know and I know, because we we finance them every day. They're yes. a mum and dad, correct? That has their own home and this is their one investment property that you're using just to help them get through retirement. That's exactly right. That's the the kind of, uh, that's to me is what a landlord actually is, not, uh, there's not as many moguls out there as what what one might think. Mm, That's right. Let's talk bad advice. People would talk property with you all the time, I'm sure. Um, The the minute you mention your role or or every, every Sunday barbecue, they're coming up and asking you about property. What's that bad bit of advice you're hearing, you're hearing in the backyard? I think personally, if I go to bad advice that I was given, it was some time ago and, you know, I suppose I was, well, when I say still learning, I'm still learning, <laughs> but when I was in the midst of, you know, grasping as much as I could, I, I actually got told by, by, by a senior that if you just tell them what they want to hear, you'll get it. Wow. Yeah. And okay. I learned very quickly that that isn't the case. You do that you will look incompetent, you will not succeed, you you won't get to the point that you need to get to because you've given them that information at the very start that isn't right. I think if, if you let them know what they n- need to know, it's different than what they need to hear. Do you think that's a difference sometimes between a more experienced property manager as you know where to sit down and... and have that uncomfortable conversation yes. or, or tell them exactly where we're at, we, we stand and, uh, yeah. and potentially lose a listing. I think so. And not that anyone wants to lose a listing, but if you're going to lose a listing for the on, you know, for the honesty side of it, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the long play. That's why you've been doing it for 30 years and uh, and why you'll continue to stay in it. So spending so much time in the industry, you've seen people come and go and, and some have been fairly successful, some have been completely unsuccessful, I'm sure. Uh, what are some tips you have for somebody who wants to enter your industry? The top three tips I would give someone to enter a property management department would be be true to yourself, but especially be true to your client. I think that sort of a bit what we've just touched on really is that honesty is the best policy. Be as transparent as you possibly can with everything. It's only going to come back and bite you on the backside later. And, you know, you live and learn. People will will continue, I think, to do that. And now I think when they get bitten on the backside as many times as as what they put themselves into, they realise that as, as hard as it is to have a conversation with someone about it might not be the best topic... I think that both parties will finish that feeling uh, on a better page and maybe even on the same page, which is what you want to be with your clients, whether that's your tenants or your owners or your creditors and the peers that you work with. I think definitely, um, you know, be true to yourself and your clients. If you don't know the answer, and know, like saying it, is, it that I don't know is okay. People will understand that um, you might not know the size of the garage or um, you might not know what night bin night is, and that's okay. You just let them know that I don't know that, but I'll find out for you and find out and go back to them. 
It's just little things like that that people will remember. But if you stand there and make things up, then you're only setting yourself up again. They see through it Yeah, that's right. I think with property management, you need to go in with a view that you are going to be challenged daily. One of the good things about being in a property management department, and it doesn't matter whether you're the receptionist or in leasing, um, new business, property manager, team leader, head of department, whatever it is, no two days are the same. You can structure your calendar to ha- say, I'm going to do arrears then and I'm going to do maintenance then and I'll, I'll call some owners then. It never happens. As long as you get the things done through the day and you can complete your tasks, but be prepared to be challenged. Yeah, be prepared to be taken. So 9am the phone lights up and <laughs> and we're off on all sorts of weird and wonderful adventures, I'm sure. Correct. <laughs> Look, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming in today. Um, it's, it's a really good insight to a, a quite an important part, I guess, sometimes probably overlooked, I guess. You've got the sales department here that, um, that is sometimes a flagship. It's so vital having that property management piece right. <laughs> for people listening today, what's that one piece of advice that you wish you were given? It's going to sound very cliche, but patience is a virtue. Um, I think with with property management, again, touching on what we just did, with the challenges that you're faced with daily, I, I do have a, a saying that I've gone by, and that is it's only problem management if you allow it to be. It's property management. It's not always going to be fairy floss and sunshine. You know, there are going to be hurdles through throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, but it's how you approach and, and tackle those. It's always good if you do have a senior that's in your team that you can ask and, and get the assistance on. I don't think that's a reflection of what you can't do. It's I think it's better actually to, to get that help because they might just have that little something that can steer the the situation that was going from one way into a, a much nicer way. So that would probably be what I would say. Um, I suppose being patient has allowed me to mentor and lead some amazing work colleagues, um, past and present. And there is something incredibly satisfying by watching people succeed that you've played a part in. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making, nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.